the main theme for today is America starts to get angry. These colonists just get sick of what's going on. It's going to lead to war. We'll talk about the revolution tomorrow and the next time we meet. But in the meantime, we have the, the war has to get triggered by something, right? This is what triggers the war. And it all comes back to what was happening uh, over in England uh, that bleeds over into the Americas. Now, first, this is going to be a recurring theme through this first part. We're going to talk about this several times. And whether it's a thing, we're going to read this big, fancy essay. Big and fancy is like four pages. It's not that long. Uh, at one point about the frontier and everything. So the frontier, what is it? This is the boundary between where the people of European descent have settled and where the natives have settled. So there's kind of a boundary. Just, I mean, think about it. It ends up being a physical difference. Is the area mostly woods and forest or whatever? Is it, is it wild or has it been plowed over trees chopped down and built into homesteads. That line is called the frontier. In the history of the world, there have not been that many countries that had a frontier. Rome did. Rome was constantly fighting on their frontier. The US did. We were constantly fighting on the frontier. And um, Russia actually did. But Russia's always fighting. Mm, only if you go clear, clear in the crap back. Yeah. So yes, but you got to go a long distance. Yeah. No. So the theory is that that the frontier operates like an escape valve. So if I'm there, I have my kids, and I have, they grow up, they do their thing, uh, and instead of them having to find a place to live where I live, they can move off to the frontier and build their own homestead there. That's, that's the theory. In practice, it's more complicated than that, but think about it that way. So I would usually stay where I was, or maybe I'd build one farm in one place, sell it, build another farm in another place, and each time try to get more money. So that's the frontier. So we're talking about the frontier. When they first settle, they're all along the coast, and then they start moving towards the west. This whole class, we're going to watch uh, the United States push its way west. So I want you to, to picture this for a minute. And this is, we're on number two now a typical colonial American kind of way of seeing things. So they go off to the frontier. They cut down some trees. They pull out the stumps. Have you guys ever pulled out stumps? It's the worst, isn't it? Like you have one stump from a bush, and it takes forever, and it's awful, and it's the worst thing ever. Imagine clearing a whole forest without modern technology. Like, it's not easy. So they, they worked hard for it. They've come in. They plant their crops. They build their homesteads. They have worked. They've slaved away for what they get. 
Now, contrast that with the natives. So picture for a minute, you're an indigenous person. You've just been peacefully there doing your thing, living, and all of a sudden, somebody from a different culture, different way of thinking completely moves in, chops down the trees where the animals that you eat live so that you end up going hungry more often, you're struggling more, they're taking resources that you really need to survive. Like this, this would be bad. Now there are two approaches. I'm gonna start with the easy one. When the English come over, when they encounter native people, they're like, hey, guys, either get out of the way, like either move away or die. And they're really okay with either. France has a different attitude though. When the French come over, France has been obsessed with fashion for hundreds of years. And the thing they really liked back in this time period were fancy hats. I know it sounds so stupid. What's the big thing that shaped history? Hats. But it, like, it really is hats. So back, you can picture the hats, right? Like the tricorn hats. Change them just a little bit and you have the fancy European hats. Those are made with beaver pelts. They, they take the beaver fur, they smash it down in some kind of water and some dye, and then they can shape it into all kinds of different shapes. So it's all about hats. So some British dude, usually a dude, comes over and he's gonna trade in beaver pelts. So he shows up, there's some natives, goes into a native village, says, hello, I would like to trade with you. And they say, we don't trade with outsiders. We only trade with, with the people we trust. And he says, well, how can I become a person you trust? Well, you've gotta marry one of our daughters. So he looks around and he's like, okay, I like that one. Uh, it's more complicated than that, of course, but they're happy. So they marry off one of their daughters to the dude. He becomes a member of the tribe, learns their language, lives mostly their lifestyle, and then only goes back to trade pelts with the other white people every so often. So this is a win-win for everybody except maybe the poor daughter, depending on how bad the guy smells, I guess. So he gets in with the tribe, they get a trading relationship, and French people get hats. Everybody's happy. Incidentally, just as a side note, he often goes down to the next village, wants to trade with them. They say, we don't trade with outsiders. He says, how do I become an insider? They say, you have to marry one of our daughters. He says, I'm already married. They say, we don't care. And he gets married because most native tribes are okay with polygamy. So he might end up with three different wives and trade in three different villages. And they translate. They become businesswomen. They become very powerful. The one you know the most is Sacagawea. Uh, we'll talk about why it's pronounced that way later when we do. You didn't do Lewis and Clark, did you? Eighth grade. How much detail did you go into? Half a day, that's it? Okay, okay. So that's, that's her, that she was the second wife of a dude named Charbonneau. 
Now, if you're a native person, then you have two options. You could deal with the English. Who wants you to do what? Die. Pretty much die, yes, well put. Or you could deal with the French. Who want to marry you, or maybe not you, they want to trade with you. Which would you rather deal with? <laughs> Probably the French, right? So this is what happened in history. Most tribes liked the French better. Simply because you tend to not like people who want you to die and to take all your stuff. I, hopefully that's not news to you. If you're sitting there, you're like, that's why I have no friends. Then make sure you make a note somewhere and be like, stop trying to murder people. That's how you make friends. It worries me that a few of you immediately started to write after I said that, like, wait a second, that's my problem. Okay, so, yeah, it's rough. So, we come into question number, what's next, sorry. Four. Four, okay, what are the two sides in the French and Indian War? You already learned a little bit about the French and Indian War, right? No? No, no, oh, wow. Maybe, Probably, but, Maybe but you forgot. Yeah. Okay, so here's the, here's the deal. In Europe, there was this war, they called it the Seven Years' War, because it lasted for like nine years, because that's what they do. Um, so the Seven Years' War is between England and France, all these other places. It's all about land and who controls what and whatever. So this bleeds over into the Americas. And it ends up being a war over who is going to control uh, the area west of the Appalachian Mountains. So think that through, right? You've got, right, if this was America, you've got the coast, Appalachians, west. So who's going to control that? Is it going to be France or is it going to be England? And they start fighting this war about it. Here's the sides. So it is most tribes most of the natives with the French. Once again, turns out that people like it better when you're not trying to murder them. It's them versus the English, the forerunners of the United States, and one, it's actually a consortium of tribes called the Iroquois. The Iroquois side with the English because they're hoping to expand their land holdings. The Iroquois is a collection of five big major tribes, including people you know like the Seneca and the Mohawk. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit south of that, like Great Lakes region. Yeah. I R O Q U I O S, I want to say. Harder to spell verbally. Just get close. I will never grade you on spelling. I mean, unless you have a chance to look it up, like if it's a paper, of course, but not on like a test or anything. Hmm? Then shame on you. Hey, so now we come to the full French and Indian War, and you can see how the battles played out here. 
Uh, notice the United States did, or what becomes the United States, did invade Canada. This is when Britain gains control of Canada. That's why they speak French at the very east part still, because that was part of France. So looking at these battles, where are most of them? What are they fighting for? Look at the map and think for a minute. Now, they are fighting for control of the Great Lakes. Good, and the St. Lawrence Seaway. What else? Picture the land in that map. If that was a physical map instead, see how there's a line between the dark and the kind of lighter there? What runs along that line? You're thinking farther <laughs> west. It's a mountain range. Good. The Appalachian Mountains, they run down, straight down there. So they're fighting where? East or west of the Appalachians? This is super important. West. Good. Yeah, they're fighting. <laughs> they're fighting west of the Appalachian Mountains. That's what they're fighting for. They're fighting for the area. They're fighting for the right and the power to move farther west. That's what they want. So they have this whole war. Now, in the end, England wins the war. What will become the United States wins the war, but it has two big impacts. The first one of these is that England learns that the natives are powerful, that they can't just keep slaughtering them willy-nilly. They have to face them somehow. When we get to Lewis and Clark, you're going to see what the United States tries to do with the natives and how they manage to move farther west. So that's number one. Impact number two is that England is almost completely bankrupt. This war is so expensive that England just doesn't know where they're going to get the money that they need. So King George III has two solutions. Solution number one, he issues a proclamation. 1763, what this says is that everything east of the Appalachians, they're for England. Everything west of the Appalachian Mountains is going to be for the natives. Why is that going to make people mad? It's a lot of land. Good. They just fought for it. They feel like, we, hey, we just gave our blood and our lives to fight for the right to take this land, and now you're telling us we can't have it. So they get super angry at King George. Then King George decides that in order to raise money, he should increase taxes on the colonists. They fought the war for the colonists. He's going to increase taxes on the colonists. So he taxes a few things. One of the most famous is tea. It's now the seven, late 1760s. How do the American colonists feel about their tax on tea? 
They are not fond of it, right? So here's what I'm going to have you do. There are about five acts that the British pass that really anger the colonists, that just really make them mad. And so in your assignment today, you're going to pop that sucker up, and it looks like this. So you're going to dig into some primary docs, some secondary docs. This is not too hard. You should be able to get just about done today. Um, we want to know why the British took these actions and how the colonists responded. So here's what you're going to do. I have these handy links. You're going to click on the link. Describe what the act did. Guess how long I want that to be. Like one, yeah, a sentence. Maybe two sentences. Don't make it longer than that. Okay, then you're going to say why the colonists got ticked off. Again, a sentence. What reactions did the colonists have, if any? For example, in response to the intolerable acts, they threw a bunch of tea into Boston Harbor. And then in the end, you're going to sum it up. What did the colonists find important? And you're going to defend that answer. Defend your answer with at least two pieces of evidence from the, from the documents. Now, I'm going to click on this and you're going to panic. But I have a point. So I click on the Sugar Act, this primary source. Holy crap. How are we going to read this thing? We're going to skim it, and we're going to look for important parts. Don't read the whole, I mean, holy crap, come on. It's too nice outside to, to read the whole thing. So you're going to skim it. Be sure you put the answers in your own words. Is bueno? Bueno. Okay. Good. 